Take an opportunity to learn about Montana's number one industry when you join us for the Ag Tour presented by Northwest Farm Credit Services. Join us as we travel towards Hardin to experience places like Stovall Ranch, Neaton's Farm, S Ranch Meats Custom Butcher Shop, and much, much more. What better way to learn about the agricultural community than on a fun-filled Ag Tour? Don't miss the bus. Register online today at BillingsChamber.com. That's BillingsChamber.com. Chambercast, the Billings Chamber of Commerce's podcast. I'm your host, Mariah Pennington. Logan International Airport is a linchpin in our local economy, and there are a lot of exciting developments that we thought you might want to hear about. My guest this week is the Director of Aviation and Transit for the City of Billings, Kevin Plone. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, it's great to be here. Awesome. Um, so let's just start out with some basics. Can you maybe explain to our listeners what the relationship is between the airport and the city of Billings? They may have heard me say that in your title that you work for the city of Billings and people might be going, what does that mean? Well, the city of Billings actually owns the airport. We're one of the, we're the only airport in Montana that's actually run by a city. Uh, the other major airports in the state are all, uh, independent authorities. And so they have their own, uh, you know, boards and stuff that juris that have jurisdiction okay. over them. Whereas the city of Billings, the city council is who goes and approves all things for the airport. Uh, that happened back in like the 1920s, 25, 26 era. Oh, wow. When uh, the city council bought some land up on top of the rims uh -huh. to start the airport. And oh, okay. uh, it wasn't a lot. It was only like 500 acres or something like that, or 150 acres actually. And, but then the, the little airplanes that flew in those days didn't need a whole lot of room to land and take mm -hmm. off. Uh, and then that since then has grown to be about 2,500 acres. So, um, and the runways from going went from a being about a hundred yards long to two miles long. Okay. So yeah, there's, but we are owned by the city and they, they, uh, they're the landlords. We're basically the landlords for people that operate at the airport. Right. Doing business for the city of Billings. Yeah. Is that. That's not the norm even across the country. Um, some there's a lot of airports that are run by cities. Oh, okay. uh, more that are just authorities, okay. uh, especially when they're smaller. Denver's owned by the city. St. Louis oh, okay. is owned by the city. Okay. I mean, a lot of the big Chicago's owned by the city. Yeah, uh, even Atlanta. But you know, they're so big. Those are such big mm -hmm. airports that they actually have another board that overlooks what oh, goes on, okay. uh, just because the city council, you know can't get involved in all the business that takes place yeah. at those airports. And yeah. it's, and it's a unique business. It has, uh, you know, an airport like Billings, which is just big enough to have a lot of independent things going on. Mm -hmm. Like we have our own sewer system. Yep. We got our own water system. Mm -hmm. uh, we have our own firefighting group. We have our own fire hydrants. Yeah. We have a lot of things yeah. that the city does, uh, but they, we don't really, and reimburse the city for any of that because right, we, we right. do it. Yeah. yeah. So all the area that there's like people that have hangars, do they rent those hangars from you or do they like lease the land and then they build their own hangars for people that have private planes? Yeah. Well, both of those take place. Oh, okay. So anybody that operates at the airport pays us something to be there. So if okay. you, we own some of the hangars up there and so we lease those hangars out. Mm -hmm. um, we also if somebody wants to build their own hangar, we lease them land to do that. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of businesses up there and just individuals. I, I mean, last count, I think we had 
like 92 or three leases with various oh, yeah. entities. Yeah. So it's I a, just, I have a friend that has a hanger up there and I yeah. have never asked him, how does this work? Like, how'd you get this? So. And anyway. it depends on if it's one of the condo association type groups. Sometimes they don't even know how it uh, works yeah, because yeah. somebody okay. else is taking care <laughs> yeah. of all the paperwork. Yeah. So yeah. they just go in and get their plane and go fly. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so why does the city of Billings even need your role, director of aviation? Well, because it's such a unique business and you really have to have expertise in it. We're really highly federally regulated. Mm -hmm. Not only does the FAA get their fingers into what mm -hmm. we do, the TSA now does on the security side. And so we have to have all of this um, knowledge base that, you know, a typical person is not going to need. So the design criteria for a runway is different than right. a road. Yeah. Um, and then it's always changing because the FAA thinks, well, we can save some money by mm -hmm. cutting these corners. But, you know, when they cut these corners on paving asphalt, it takes the contractor three times as long. And yep. it takes a few years to yep. work all that out. But we we're basically a very specialized business. Um, and then nobody else in the city has the type of business um, the volume of business that we do, mm -hmm. you know, we run restaurants, mm -hmm. uh, car rentals, yep. parking, uh, we have an advertising program. We have, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we just have a lot of stuff yeah. going on and there's really not in anybody else's department to have that kind of expertise. So mm -hmm. what I do is I oversee a team of about 55 people at the airport. I also run the transit system. So we have another 55 down there Okay, running the buses and, uh, oh, I didn't know you did the buses too. Yes, oh, okay. Yep. Yep. And two different operations. They, somehow yeah. that was a godfather deal or you were <laughs> yeah. going to take this over back in the seventies and it's kind of stuck. Yeah. Um, but you know, there are two very different businesses, but the airport itself, you know, is, is basically, a, a I don't want to say it's a for-profit, but it's kind of a, yeah. kind of, we run like a business. Yeah. So I don't get any tax dollars to mm -hmm. run the operation at all. Okay. It's all based on, um, charge for services and fees. Now, is that different for other airports that they nope, would get? They all kind of have okay. that same model. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're all, they all try to, and the FAA requires that we have to be as um, revenue generating as oh, possible okay. to maintain. So we can continue to yeah. do the maintenance that's required. You know, they make a big investment into the infrastructure that's there on that airfield. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, and then once they make that investment, they want you to maintain it. Mm-hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, we got to go out there and crack seal and make sure the weeds yeah. aren't growing, you know, the signs work and all that stuff. So that's, yeah, that's where it's, it's a unique position because not only do we, you know, run an operation that has a business component, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the other main component that we have to do is make sure that that airfield is always safe and, mm -hmm. and operates for airlines. Um, the airlines pay us fairly, you know, a fair amount of money to make sure that they can operate. There. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of the best, we're one of the best, I think, in the country in terms of making sure that if it snows, they yep. can still operate. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes they have a little trouble with their de-icing programs, yeah. Yeah. but it's usually not the runway unless it's a, one of those early freak storms that gets a quick flash yep. and gets slush on it and then it freezes yeah, yeah, and then you got to deal sense. with ice. We usually don't get a lot of ice, so we usually are open all the time. So yeah, it's a very interesting, interestingly um, one of the things that happens is annually our airfield gets inspected and the FAA certification inspector comes down, he walks around, makes sure all the lines are painted mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. You know, box signs all lit mm -hmm. up, everything works right. And this last year we actually got an air free certification inspection, which 
Only happens about once a decade for an airport wow. usually. So yeah, we were very excited about Kudos. that. Kudos, that's awesome. Yeah, so we were. It's so there's a lot of things. Yeah, a lot of moving parts. There are, and so do all of these pieces go through you? Like, does even like TSA, like all of this stuff, goes through Kevin Plum? Well, because that's so, a lot. Yeah, I mean, I'm involved in a lot of it, but like the TSA is their their government agency, and uh-huh. I I work with them to make sure okay. that you know the yeah, facilities work for them. Um, you know, they pay us rent. Oh, okay. It's wow. That kind of stuff. Yeah. And then uh, same thing with uh, the, you know, any other federal agency mm-hmm. that's up there, yeah. the FAA Tower. Yeah. While they're on the airport, you know, the land had to be donated to them to build that tower. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they just operate up there. But mm-hmm. we have agreements with them to make sure that our people, when they're doing snow removal, aren't out there when it's like yep. active runway and yep. that stuff. There's yep. just a lot, of, yeah. a lot of rules going on. There's a whole security parameter. So, yeah. It's a little more than, say, an, it's more than an, uh, another director could, take, could <laughs> yeah, handle yeah. by himself. So, yes, yeah. yeah. Try so, to run something else and then this. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Do you have to go to city council and give them a, like a report monthly or how does, what does that look like for you? Oh, uh, not monthly, but I do go there for business transactions. You know, if we have a lease deal, we have mm. to go down there for yep. that. Or last night I was there doing my budget presentation. Right, right. So, and I, you know, they're working on that right yeah, now. So yeah. So I mean, yeah, we're I'm down there a couple times a month, yeah. probably. Yeah. Unless we really got something big going on, then we'll be down there a little yeah. more. Um, you know, when we did the bond bonding for oh, this yeah. project, mm-hmm. you know, we, it was a lot of extra work, and you know, my background is actually as a CPA, so I have a lot more mm-hmm. financial right uh, wherewithal that than most airport directors. Yeah, yeah. So I was highly involved in that bonding process. And so when that happens, when I had to take it to council, get the ordinances blessed and the mm-hmm. resolutions and mm-hmm. all that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm there to make sure that yep. they understand the situation and yeah. what we're doing. That makes sense. So let's talk about the expansion. In the last several years, the airport has been going through this expansion and I know there'll be more years to come of that. Can you give us kind of an update on what's happening up at the airport? I know I took a tour a few months back and was just blown away by all that's happening up there. And I just can't wait for it to open so that yeah. I can see it I like for real. I can't wait for it to open too. <laughs> I know, I bet you can't. It's, it's going to be beautiful. Yeah. It is. Uh, we're getting close. Uh, we're thinking um, we were originally shooting just before Memorial Day, but I was just up there this morning going, yeah, that's, that's pretty optimistic. So... It might be in the first part of June, uh, but we're going to get in there for sure in June okay. sometime. And then can you explain the, which part of the expansion you will be opening soon? Like so what it is? this project, the first part of the project, it's, it's got a number of phases. I think it's got like five phases yep. and some of them are A's and B's. And what we started was uh, phase one. And then, well, phase one was this bunch of preliminary work that we had to do. Mm-hmm. Columns that had to come up from the basement all oh, the way okay, up yep. to support mm-hmm. a new roof. Um, we had to build a new stair tower on the West end. So Cape air had uh, ADA access up and oh, down okay. yeah. from the concourse to operate on that West end. Mm-hmm. So we needed the, where they were operating on East end to park more planes during this, when we were condensed down on the B concourse. So the, now we're in phase two. That's what we're trying to wrap up right now. And that included building the new a concourse and, uh, the new great room where all the concessions are going to be located. Mm-hmm. So that is what we're wrapping up right now. There's a phase 2B, which will be right after this. And they're, they've kind of started, but it's the demolition of the space between the old building and the new building. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they can make the tie on the yeah. roofs and the floors. Yeah. Um, so 
that's what'll happen for this summer. And then they'll jump from there. Once the TSA equipment arrives, which is supposed to be uh, first part of June, mm-hmm. uh, then uh, we'll get that all set up. And it takes about a month to get all that new equipment set mm-hmm. up. And then we're bringing in a contractor to move some of the old equipment mm-hmm. up there. But once that's all done, yeah. probably around the 1st of August, the TSA okay. will move up there. Yeah, I keep telling people TSA is moving upstairs and they're like, what? No. And yeah. I'm like, yes, it is. That's they, what I heard. They absolutely are. <laughs> yeah. and, they'll, and they'll be happy about it because there's a lot more space up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, that little, you know, after 911, no airport was, our size was ready for what took place yeah, with the TSA. No. And we've tried to remodel that little space that they're in yeah. about 10 times and it just can't be done anymore. No, so no. So we're, we'll have three lanes open to start with. Oh, okay. They're putting in brand new x-ray machines. Awesome. Um, and the line, the length of it is going to be a lot longer so we can mm-hmm. queue people a little better. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a lot. Is it the machines where you don't have to take your laptop out of your bag? Like it just. I think that's what the new ones are. Oh my gosh. Those are awesome. Yeah. I think that's what the new ones are. So anyways, that'll all take place in August. And then once that happens, we're going to demo the lobby area where oh, the TSA used. Yeah. Old screening is now. Yep. We'll take that all out and make that into a reception area. Mm-hmm. Plus, we have to put in a new escalator, elevator, and yeah. uh, and we have to move the whole stairwell forward 10 feet so we can get tugs underneath that area. Where will the access to the new concourse and the new TSA be if you're ripping right out there. those? Okay. At the temporary access? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's going to be going through the restaurant. Oh, okay. So yeah. they'll torture you with the smell of French yeah. fries while you're trying to get to the screening line. And you'll go, That's oh, funny. I need a French fry. <laughs> That's great. And do you have uh, airlines already earmarked for Concourse A? Like you already know who's... Well, we're still kind of sorting some of that uh, okay. out. We're going to move everybody over there here yeah. after so the first, you know, you know, in the first part of June so we can all operate there so they can start. Because one of the things they got to do on the B Concourse is start... Uh, all the all that cinder block that holds up the concourse is full of vermiculite, so it all has oh, to be abated first. Yeah. So there's a lot of there's a couple yeah. of months of work there. Mm-hmm. We have to get the airlines out of there first yeah. before we start yeah. that. So once we move them over, they'll all be operating out of there. It'll be musical gates on some <laughs> occasions. You know? That's awesome. Yeah, you won't know exactly where your yeah. is, but we'll you know you'll figure but it out. But it's not like it's. Some massive airport. I mean, no, just, you, you just you'll go it. up the yeah. stairs, take a left, and yep, uh, okay, it's one of these gates. <laughs> and for the listeners out there who, I mean, I I got the privilege of seeing it already, and it's there's just a beautiful, massive fireplace that goes all the way to the ceiling, and those bright there's huge skylights that just bring in so much light, and the windows are huge and beautiful. The flooring looks like wood flooring, but it's carpet. It's legit, like. That's pretty cool. Uh, and the whole area where the restaurant and the concessions are going to be, it's yeah, they're much it's much very nicer. Cool. Yes, you everyone that is listening, you're going to go up there when it's open, and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, she was so right. This so is the, amazing. One, and we were looking doing uh, meetings with the public to kind of figure out, you know, what what is it that you want to see in the yeah. airport. Couple of them said, "Well, I want to see the bear tooth," and I'm going, "Oh, that's going to be a challenge <laughs> yeah. because <laughs> yeah. we're facing the wrong yeah, way." Yeah, yeah. But we actually can do that because on the B4 gate, it's got windows that wrap around Mm -hmm. to the south. So you can actually, on a clear day, see the bear too. And if you want to know what there is to do, visit Billings. Just put in brand new, big, beautiful, like, installations of all the things there is to do here in Billings and elsewhere. just took pictures of those this morning. Yeah, they're very pretty. Yeah, they did a great job. Yeah, it looks good. Just another plug for us here at the chamber. Yep. Shameless plug. Um, okay, so 
let's shift gears a little bit because we a little uh, right before we started the podcast, I told you I've been at, you know, numerous meetings here in the last few months and at every meeting uh, invariably someone will ask me, when are we going to get a flight to here? When are we going to get more flights here? And I'm tired of driving to Bozeman to get a, a flight. So maybe you can talk to us a little bit about flight routes. Like how, how do we get airlines to come here? Like, what does that process look like? How do we get new routes? I know that's complicated, but if you can maybe break it down for us in like a so, yeah. layman's terms so you can understand it. So if you eek, the best way to explain it is that if everybody could go where they want, we'd have to have about a hundred flights yep. a day. <laughs> um, it's just, it's just not feasible. Yeah. And so what the airlines do is called a spoke and hub system. And that's what we mostly mm -hmm. have. So Salt Lake, Minneapolis, mm -hmm. Denver, those are your hubs. Mm -hmm. And so what they do is they fly everybody into those hubs so we can change the mm -hmm. planes because around the country, you might have 300 people that want to go to Miami. Yep. And so they all fly to Denver and they get on the plane that's mm -hmm. going to Miami. It makes more sense. It's efficient. Yeah. And, it, and it's just, it works that way because mm -hmm. trying to get 300 people in Billings to go to Miami at the same time, not going to happen. Right. Very challenging. So that's why that it works that way. Um, there are some direct flights. They're mostly leisure flights. Mm -hmm. So that, those are handled by uh, mostly Allegiant. Mm -hmm. um, so they... In the past, they've been they've gone to, to L.A., mm -hmm. um, San Francisco, San Diego, mostly in the summertime only. And Phoenix, because I've used it many times to go to Phoenix. Phoenix, <laughs> Phoenix and Las Vegas, they do all the time. Yeah, yeah. Year-round. And so, then those ones are still in place. This year, they're not putting any of those seasonal flights in. Um, there's, a, there's a unique thing going on in the industry, and it's called a pilot shortage. Yep. And I'll talk about more about that in a second. But for the, regards to the individual flights... We are actually getting less flights right now because of this pilot shortage. So that's caused um, a lot more consolidation at the hubs. Mm -hmm. And I think that'll be the name of the game for the next few years. Right. So we're not going to see a lot of uh, additional flights coming in. Um, the pilot shortage has really impacted mm -hmm. and shook up this industry. And, and a lot of people are having a hard time swallowing that. But... I was just reading that, I think, um, of the 15,000 pilots that United has, a third of them are going to retire in seven years. Wow. You know, during... Well, and a bunch got pushed out because of COVID, or not pushed well, out, but they were, they were given incentives to, yeah. Yeah, so that, that was the big impetus that started it. Yeah. I mean, we were kind of in a pilot shortage to start with. Just hadn't come to the fruition that it is mm -hmm. now. Yeah. So after COVID hit and they started laying off everybody so they mm -hmm. didn't have the payroll yep. concerns, um, a lot of those pilots just took early buyout and said, okay, I'm done. Yeah. And off they went and they're doing other things now. Mm -hmm. The other issue that happens in the pilot industry is that at 65, you have to go. Oh. No ifs, ands, or buts. Oh. So you hit 65, you're gone. And that's what's happening now where mm -hmm. you have a lot of mm -hmm. the last of the baby boomer group mm -hmm. that came out of the Vietnam war area that had all that military training. Yep. Well, they're hitting that 65 thing and now they're having to go. Yeah. Um, it was initially 62. The Congress bumped that up three more mm. years to kind of get yeah. through some of the yeah. hump of the pilot shortage. And well, it just, all you're doing is moving the bubble. Yeah. And so now we're at that point. So we got a lot of pilots retiring. Um, the other thing is historically, 
it was very difficult to get into the pilot game. Mm. You could get a pilot's license, mm-hmm. but it was really tough to make money at yep. it because all those seats were full already with pilots that had a lot of experience. Well, now that all those guys are going, they are begging for pilots mm-hmm. because nobody was in the chain. No one's in the, in the, the queue yeah. to come up through the ranks. So what's happening, and this is what's leading to the, to the shortage of flights in areas like Billing, well, actually across the country. Yeah. So a lot of our flights during the summer, especially, uh, were done by a contract carrier like a SkyWest or oh, a yep. Public Airways mm-hmm. or a yep. Mesa. And so that's how we got all those frequencies. The, the airlines would fly the big planes. They'd fly the RJs, the mm-hmm. regional jets, you know, 50 seats, 76 yep. seats. Well, guess who... Guess where the air big airlines went mm-hmm. to get their pilots that they yeah. needed, and they went to the regionals. Yep. Uh, I just saw today that uh, I think it was just for United uh, the regionals that they use. 150 planes are parked because they have no pilots. Oh my gosh! So without planes, you can't have no. more service. No. It's just pretty simple. Yeah, and I don't want someone flying my plane that isn't yeah. capable. That's exactly right. <laughs> So that's, no, thank you. <laughs> so that's impacting a lot of things. Um, so are they doing any sort of like, I just think about Rocky and their aviation program. Like, are there any incentives mm-hmm. for kids who are interested in becoming pilots or are they just taking them too? <laughs> well, I think if you wanted to be, if you're a young person and you want to be a pilot or you want to make a lot of money, yeah, um, become a pilot. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's just south of a hundred thousand dollars to get your license and flying time and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you've got tenure in an airline, mm-hmm. you know, you're making over 300000 between yeah. three and 300000 and 500000 as yeah. a captain, which is a yeah. pretty good wage. Yeah. So if you can hang in there and get going. Yeah. And right now they are begging anybody who has a pilot license in the hours to come to work. Wow. So they're moving wow. people up faster than ever seen before. Wow. That's crazy. So, yeah. It's, it's nuts. But it's also like said, causing issues on the plus side, you know. I've been working with the airlines that we have, United and uh, American and Delta spe- mm-hmm. specifically, mm-hmm. because they have they have the less of a pilot issue because they are able to poach from right, the smaller right. airlines. Yeah. So they're not quite as bad, even though they are short pilots. Hmm. So what they're doing, though, is since they usually fly a larger aircraft, they're just upgaging those aircraft. Because um, what we're seeing in Billings is... I mean, it's only May and the planes are packed. Oh, man, are they? And yes. so I talked to the United manager, uh, Brian, today, and he basically said, you know, what I do is I watch. And if I see, you know, that the, the 737-800 is going to be full and I'm two weeks out, I try to get a 900 oh. so I can get an extra 20, 25 yeah. seats. Yeah. And so, and that's, and he said he's been doing that. All, you know, all so far all this year mm-hmm. and it's been working pretty well, except now everybody else is getting busy and you can't get the 900s in here. Yep, so, yep. so there's a lot of moving parts in yeah. terms of that. And you know, have you seen any decline or increase in flights just with the gas prices? I mean, flight prices are kind of. Oh, they're very high. The roof right now. Is that because of the pilot shortage or because of gas or is it a combination of things? And it's pure economics. Yeah. I mean, A, the price of fuel is up. I yeah. think it's gone up like, I don't know, some oh, ridiculous yeah. amount of 30, yep. 30% in the last couple months just for airline fuel. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's impacting the price, the base price. But what's also happening is it's pure supply and demand. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you have your ticket and you got it out three months, you're great. 
Mm-hmm. If you're that person who waits to the last minute, mm-hmm. you're paying for that last minute. Yep. He told me today that uh, he had a, one of the refinery turnaround workers oh, yeah. wanted to get home. Uh-huh. And there was only one seat left and he paid $1,600 for a oh one-way ticket. God. Oh, my word. I said, wow, <laughs> that's a lot. Uh, yeah. yeah. For one way. Oh, that's a lot. So anyways, uh, yeah, it's, it's all supply and demand now. But are you finding that people are still flying? Yep. They're still flying. They're still willing to it's yeah, like the combination uh, of coming out of COVID th- and going, we don't care. We're still going to fly. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, you know, they, we last year, I think the airlines were anticipating that to happen. Mm-hmm. Just go gangbusters. Yeah. Did pretty good in the summer, but it didn't go gangbusters. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so they had extra, extra service last year and it just, you know, we were about running about 70, 75% load factors. Mm-hmm. They really like to see the 80, 85% load mm-hmm. factors. Yeah. Right now we're running well north of 85, mm. closer yeah. to 90% load factors. And so, um, but this year, you know, the pilots aren't there and the plane, the service isn't there. Yeah. If you recall last summer, how many canceled flights oh, there yeah. were? Yeah. Well, that's because yeah. the, the planners that say, oh, this is where we can make some money. Mm-hmm. We're scheduling them without talking to the people on the ground yeah. saying, uh, we don't have <laughs> yeah, the staff yeah. to run this. <laughs> yeah. And so they subsequently there ended up mm-hmm. with all these people that were stuck. And, and right. so th- everybody, every airline has basically cut their schedule this year compared mm-hmm. to last year. Okay. So there's less flights all the way around. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything specific that you or the city is doing? Like, are you guys working on anything or are there any tactics you're using to try to alleviate some of these issues, get more flights in or? Well, I, I, I definitely visit with the airlines on a regular basis. Yeah. I mean, they all, I mean, I, I just talked to all of them in April yeah. and uh, they've all said that, you know, we know Billings could handle more flights. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a great market. Mm-hmm. It's always done well. Um but we just don't have the equipment or the oh, okay. pilots to yeah. put it in there. Okay. I mean, a lot of, a lot of the airlines have equipment on the ground because they don't have pilots to fly. Yeah. It. And it's really hammering the smaller airlines, mm. your Allegiance, your Alaska's, mm-hmm. your Cape Airs. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're taking it a really big hit because that's, you know, their pilots are being poached and subsequently they're having, a, they're struggling. Mm-hmm. So usually like for Alaska, we tend to have, you know, f- at least three, sometimes four Seattle flights yeah. during the summer yeah. and a couple Portland flights. Mm-hmm. This summer we get two Seattle flights. That's wow. it. Wow. Yeah. And I said, well, that's not very much. And the guy goes, that's more than most airports are getting. Wow. And I said, really? And I go, woof So yeah, it's a, it's a different game out there. It's going to take people a minute to get used to mm-hmm. it. I mean, yeah. Now that they're ready to travel. Nah, no, that's, ex- that's exactly right. They're ready to travel. And now we're saying, no, you yeah. can't go. Is you know, this the case of internationally as well? Or is this just a U.S. thing? Um, it's in somewhat in the international. Um, I think you're seeing, if you go like into Europe, I think you're seeing some of the same mm, things. Okay. Um, they have pilot issues. One of the problems in America was there was that the, the airline crash in, the, I guess it was in the 90s that took place in New York. Mm-hmm. And that caused legislation to bump the number of hours up to 1,500 before you could get into commercial flying. Uh, well, everybody else, all the other countries that fly in here, you know, their pilots have like 300 hours worth of experience. I'm going, huh? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Um, but it's really inhibited the ability to get people through the system fast. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So it takes yeah. a lot longer to get those pilots through yeah. the system. Yeah. And so that's, that's why they're saying, you know, we're, we're probably looking at a five year, t- 
five to six years before things kind of get back to the way they were. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That seems like a long time. So what that means hey, is- Haven will have a beautiful airport to sit in. They'll have a great airport to sit in <laughs> and, in, and sit in. And, and. It'll have a very nice bar. There you go. And a great restaurant. And a small view of the bear tooth. Yeah. And a small, but yeah, everything north of the city looks great. Especially this time of year, it's all green. That's awesome. Oh, well, one of my last questions is, um, you kind of touched on those smaller air service. Um, one of the drivers of traffic at our airport is that essential air service to smaller communities like Haver using Billings as their hub. Can you talk about what that program looks like and do you foresee it growing or getting bigger in the future? So as long as we have pilots. Yeah, that's, that is the key right there. So that's kind of a stepping stone for the pilot programs. And a lot of them will start there, get their hours and then jump into a larger uh, deal, a larger aircraft. like playing minor league baseball so that you get discovered. Yeah. Yeah. The minor leagues. Um, and it's a, it's a great gig for those young guys and gals that are trying to get started. You know, mm. it's flying a twin engine around Montana. Yeah. You don't have to go through mountains or anything. Mm-hmm. You kind of get a lot of hours you need. But, you know, it doesn't pay as much as, mm-hmm. you know, what United's paying or right. Alaska or any of those others. So, uh, so they don't tend to stay very long. Mm. And right now they are getting hit kind of hard in that area. Mm. Essential Air Service uh, program is, was kind of established, I think, around 1979 after deregulation. Mm-hmm. And it basically said, well, we'll guarantee, the initial bill was, we'll guarantee for two years that you will not lose air service oh. because of deregulation. Okay. Well, the program got started, and of course, nobody wanted to mm-hmm. be the bad guy and say, well, we're taking it away now. Mm-hmm. So it's still around. Mm-hmm. And what it does is, you know, we provide service up to Sydney, mm-hmm. Glasgow, Glendive. Yep. Haver and Wolf Point. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're right. A lot of people do utilize that. The weekends are usually pretty full because there's a lot more to do in mm-hmm. Billings on the weekend yeah. than there is in, say, Wolf yeah. Point. So they come up here and it's kind of like their getaway. It's, yeah. you know, it's like we get on a plane to go to Vegas, they get on a plane to come to Billings. And we love that. Keep yeah, doing that's it. That's right. Keep doing it. <laughs> Sign up for those hotel rooms. <laughs> that's right. And order a steak someplace. Yeah, there you go. But, uh, Recently, because of the pilot issue, mm-hmm. you know, they've always flown 13 flights a day. They're down to eight. Oh, wow. And so, okay. yeah, I, I, I hope we can, can maintain those eight because yeah. everybody's still getting service. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's not, not as, as convenient mm-hmm. as it was. Yeah. So. That makes sense. And if the Bakken fires up again, oh my. Yeah, good luck getting on that plane because yes. it, it'll yes. be packed. Yeah. And with high oil prices, that's, that's always a possibility. Mm-hmm. It is. So. Yep. Yeah, so we need that service. We need some pilots to fly it, and um, hopefully that can all get taken mm-hmm. care of. Mm-hmm. They're all working, each airline is working with uh, pilot schools to come up with a program yep. so that, you know, if you f- go to school, we'll help you pay for it. Yeah, that's brilliant. And then we'll, yep. uh, we'll you got to guarantee you'll work for us for a mm-hmm. couple months. And then in some cases, they're actually saying um, you will be able to then jump into a seat, let's say, with JetBlue. Oh, okay. So that there's an incentive for them to yeah. actually run through the system and get there. Yeah. So, All right, listeners, so if you hear that, yeah, there's incentives. Get, if you, you know anybody, any kids who want to be pilots. Yeah. It now's the time. Could be, yeah, so it's like the best no time ever. Time. <laughs> now. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so Kevin, at the end of every podcast, we do what's called the Rorschach questions. And we haven't prepped you on these. We ask mm. a couple of questions. It's like... Looking at an ink blot and you tell me your first response. <laughs> so the okay, first question is, I know, what book 
have you or other media have you read lately that you would like to recommend to our listeners? Mm, I'm a big Jack Reacher fan. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, those I, are good. I, I've been reading all of those. Yeah, that'd be a nice summer read. Tell us one thing happening at the city of Billings outside of your department that you're excited about. Hopefully you know about other things happening. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a discussion on the recreation center taking place uh -huh. down, down there by um, Amon park. And I, yep. I think that would be a huge, huge thing for Billings mm -hmm. to, you know, get, get the right facility built. Yep. I agree. I, yeah. I think that would be awesome. Yep. I, and the chamber agrees. <laughs> it would be an awesome thing. So if you want to hear more about that project, check out one of our other podcasts. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes. Um, and then last question, how do you plan a trip when you go on vacation? Like what's your process? Mm. So tell us your hacks. I always go, I always <laughs> look to see what the flight out of Billings looks like. Uh -huh. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to get caught in another airport. That would be bad. Um, and then I uh, basically just look at the pricing and I tend to like to get out in the morning because mm. you have the ability then to maybe reschedule if something happens yep. during your flight. So I'm usually out on that 630 flight mm -hmm. or 530 flight. Yeah. Sometimes I get there a little earlier than I want to, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. I'd rather be there than not getting there. So that's my game plan. And everyone cuts it close getting to the Billings airport before a flight. I've heard many people say, I oh, don't even have to be there until like an hour before your flight. So if that, so what's your tips on? We are the most convenient airport <laughs> in the world. I swear. Cause everybody can just about get to the airport in 15 minutes. Yeah, That's true. And, uh, and so when it's slow, like last winter, you know, during COVID, yeah, you could get there about, you know, yeah. 30 minutes before your flight and still get yep. on. Uh, but I can tell you also that you're running a little risk because mm -hmm. uh, everybody's having hiring issues, including yep. TSA. Mm -hmm. If you happen to hit one of the days when they don't have a lot of agents, they're going to back up yep. and you could end up not making your flight just mm -hmm. because of that. So there's just a lot of variables out there right now. Plus now we're getting into the summer season yeah, and it's going to be, every yeah. one of those planes going to be full. Yep. They, the other thing that really helped from years past is that the airlines staggered all the, just by happenstance, they used to all fly right at six 30 or seven. Uh -huh. And so everybody was showing up to go at through screening time. at the yep. same time. So now they got one at five 30, one at oh, six 30, nice. one at seven. Got them staggered. So it's staggered. Yeah. But that's changing again oh, for shoot. the summer season. <laughs> so they'll be a little more compressed. Okay. And so that you're going to be running into more people. And then once we do the move. Oh, yeah. It's going to be new yeah. equipment. And the word on the street is that the new equipment, while it's better at screening things, it's not faster. Oh, great. Yeah. So, okay, people. So you want to make sure that I would always say you don't want to be, uh, you know, you want to be there no less than an hour before your flight. And I recommend 90 minutes. Yeah, I mean, when Tony Especially during the summer, when Tony Hawk was here for the chamber breakfast and he had to get to the airport that day and he's like, oh, I, I'm, I need to get there like, I don't know, some 11 o'clock for his two o'clock flight. And I was like, dude, no, we go grab some food and then go up to the airport. Yeah. Like, you don't need to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, are those morning flights more busy than the. So, like, if you oh, well. have a morning flight, don't. Wait till 30 minutes. Morning flights tend to be right, especially right now and during yeah. the summer, they're pretty much full. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's not a lot of extra capacity on those. Yeah. 
the later flights, you know, that they have, you know, the noon flights always full too. That's a very busy time frame. Mm. And then uh, the evening flights are a little less, but right yeah. now they're all, they're all pretty darn full. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to quote my friend, Dan Brooks, 10 minutes early is still five minutes late. So, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he's well, he in the military. Like to get there so. half hour early then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was really nice to have you on the show. Thank you for sharing all of your knowledge and giving us all the tips about flying and just all the things that our listeners want to know about the airport. We really appreciate it. Well, I, I hope it helped. Yes, me too. Thank you, Kevin, for joining us. And thanks to Jack Genoway for producing. If you'd like to advertise with us, suggest a topic, or even ask a question, please feel free to email us at podcast at billingschamber.com. Don't forget to subscribe to Chambercast wherever you get your podcasts because there's something here for everyone.